Well, hello, boys and girls, guys and gals, and teen queens of the week. Here we are gathered once again to solve the problems of the world. Hello, world. This is Chris Abalo's podcast experiment, and I am Chris Abalo. Welcome back to the show. Hopefully you're back because you listened to last week, part one of my chat with Rick Scarry, and we'll be getting to part two momentarily. Got a great response from it. I'm very excited that people took so much away from his stories, and hey, that's why I want to have him back on. Want to remind you guys, use the Amazon banner at chrisabalo.com. Go to chrisabalo.com. Clear your cookies on your browser, click support the show, click through the Amazon banner, bookmark that, and then use that as your go-to Amazon link. And Amazon will give us a little taste of your purchase, which won't cost you a penny more, and they'll give us a bit that's going to help support the show. Also, if you don't have Amazon Prime, there's a link on that uh, support the show page as well. You can sign up for a free 30-day trial for Amazon Prime and enjoy free two-day shipping on orders placed through December 22nd to guarantee delivery by December 24th, a.k.a. Christmas Eve. Plus, free streaming of movies, music, TV shows, all sorts of good stuff you get when you have Amazon Prime. So try it free for 30 days. Click through the link, and uh, if nothing else, take advantage of that shipping while uh, the holidays are happening. Happy Hanukkah to friends and fans who are celebrating. Hope you're all enjoying the festival of lights, the eight crazy nights, the... uh, No, I don't have any other... Any other uh, nicknames for it. But uh, there we go. No matter how you spell the word Hanukkah, I hope you're enjoying yourselves. Oh, I almost forgot one. Don't forget. Till December 31st, the end of this month or the end of the year. One and the same. Get two free audiobooks if you haven't signed up for Audible yet. Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of digital audiobooks. Your choice. Any two books, but you have to use the link at the homepage on chrisabalo.com. And two free books. So whereas the the normal deal we have is one free book till the end of December, two free audiobooks of your choice. Choose from any titles across all genres. It's got to be over 200,000 by now, but uh, on paper it says 180,000, more than 180,000 titles. So if you haven't signed up for Audible, now's the time to do it. Get two books, your choice, and a free 30-day trial so you can try out Audible as well. Now... I didn't bring it up last week because I spent a lot of time talking about sponsors and whatnot, but uh, I'm going to tell you really quickly how on November 16th, just a few short weeks ago, we lost a great American, and that is my 2004 Saturn Ion. I got up to head out for the morning. I just had to drive to pay the power bill in town because it's just, it's quicker. It's two miles away. No, No reason to waste a stamp just to mail a check when I just go there and pay in cash and be done with it. Went out to the car, drove there as normally. When it came out from paying the bill, turned my car on, it sounded like a, a, a tractor. The engine was so loud, and I was like, oh, crap, what's going on? And uh, backed out of the space, and the car was crawling. It took forever to actually get any kind of speed up, and it only got up to about 35 miles an hour. So because there was noise, I drove it over to the shop where I've taken the car um, a few times for any any under-the-hood stuff. 
figured, well, let me have them check it out because something's definitely wrong. Long story short, after running through a bunch of tests, including put o- putting oil in it, they said, there's no oil in this. When's the last time you had your oil changed? And I had the sticker on, on the windshield so they were able to see when I had my last oil change. And uh, yeah, it was burning through oil like crazy. And after running a few other tests, they said, well, basically the uh, engine's dead or dying. And uh, they got an estimate for me and said, it's going to be five grand to rebuild it. And I thought, oh, Jesus, you know, the the car is 11 years old, just short of 200,000 miles, 199,490 something. (laughs) Would have been cool if it actually made it to 200,000, but didn't exactly happen. But I, uh, I, they put enough oil in it for me to drive home. I drive home, parked the car in the street and said, oh, what the hell am I going to do? So I had to spend some time figuring out what I was going to do about a new car, looked into different options. I've been shopping around because the car's old. It's getting up there in age. It was up there in age and in mileage as well. So I've been test driving different cars and uh, ended up getting something new, a Honda CRV, which I like very, very much. And I like to thank the folks at the CarMax in Burbank who were excellent. The best compliment I can give is it was thorough, but painless. You don't often get those two things together, but it, it truly was. They were very thorough with everything, and it was a very easy process, and they made sure I understood things every step of the way. It also helped that I went in there with an idea of what cars I wanted at least to look at, having checked them out on the website instead, just like, oh, uh, what do you have? I actually had an idea of what I want to do. Just had to find out details with financing and whatnot, and then it was taken care of. And uh, sadly, though... My car of, uh, man, it's, it's just crazy to think for 11 years, five cross-country trips I've taken with that car. And I bought that car at the end of July of 2004, which was a month after I took my first trip to visit California, to visit Los Angeles, to visit Musicians Institute in Hollywood. When I said, that's it, I'm coming out here, I'm going to school, I'm going to move out here, and it's going to be great. So the car was very much a physical embodiment of the amount of time California has been a part of my life, which is crazy to think about. And uh, made it all the more difficult because it's been around for, forget the amount of time, such an important chunk of time in my life over these last 11 years that it, it, it was a big deal. And as much as I was like, well, at least nothing happened to it while I was out uh, doing something important. At least I was two miles away from home when when something happened and even the the shop where i took it is you know four or five miles away so at least i was in the area at least i wasn't out somewhere an hour away and potentially stuck or having to crawl home from a serious distance so that was a huge relief that there was nothing it it could have been worse and there's no good time for a car to die there's there, there just isn't and even though it wasn't a complete shock it was still clearly inconvenient But uh, I was able to get something at the end of the week. Car died on Monday, got my new one on Friday. So that was that was good. And that was a relief. And I'm glad I took the time over the summer and in the spring to actually test drive and check out some other cars. So I had an idea what I wanted. And uh, I was a big fan of the the CRV. So glad I uh, now have one. But it was sad to see the car go. And unfortunately, because I didn't have much choice but to but to junk it. And it's sad that I was only able to get a hundred bucks for the car because it doesn't start. Every estimate started with a couple hundred dollars, but the fact that the car doesn't turn on and can't move on its own knocked it down severely. So it was also sad that I only got a hundred bucks for the car. That was a drag. And admittedly, when it took off on the the tow truck, did get a little dusty. 
because it was a big deal. I'm not a car guy, and uh, I'm not, uh, I don't have a tremendous attachment to just inanimate objects, but in a case like this, it was warranted. It's been a part of my life for a long time. You know what? The car owes me nothing. It's a shame that Saturn went under in, I believe it was the end of 2009, that uh, General Motors closed Saturn, the Saturn division. But the car doesn't, didn't owe me anything. The only mechanical repairs I ever had to have done were uh, the air conditioning system had issues uh, in 2013. I had the front axle done earlier this year. And uh, the exhaust system I also had done in uh, 2013, not completely, but there were um, some components or rods or pipes or I, I, clearly I don't know anything about cars, but something had to be uh, replaced. Not the entire thing, but it was like a 200 plus dollar repair. So the fact that it lasted this long, the fact that I've been very dependent on it lately and uh, it stuck it out is just tremendous. And I'm insanely thankful. No, I didn't name my car. I wasn't that serious about it, but uh, I'm going to miss it. It's a shame. So there we go. Hopefully it will live on in the pounding pistons and uh, moving parts of other cars, kind of like an organ donor. If the car's being junked, there's certainly enough salvageable components, hopefully. And there's, I still see Saturns on the road all the time. Hopefully some of its parts can be put to use, and it's not just going to be like a scene from <laughs> like an 80s movie. There was always someone who ended up in a junkyard, whether it was an action movie or a horror movie. You know, there always be like, you know, big scrap heaps of old cars. And uh, I don't think it's going to end up in one of those places where it's going to be like a burned out, rusted out old car. No, it's going to get stripped down. Well, has been by now, I'm sure. Stripped down and the parts will be put to good use. So at least there's that. It's not just going to gonna rot in someone's yard or whatever. So there we go. Little little piece from my life, which I just kind of wanted to share. All right. Rick Scarry is here for part two. He was here and... uh I had to split it into two interviews. Before we get started, just want to remind you, first of all, this Friday, which is the 11th of December, uh, for the last few weeks, I've been working on a compilation of the best bits of the holiday episodes from the only podcast that matters. That will be available Friday the 11th at theonlypodcast.com, so you can check that out. It's uh, the best of the holiday episodes, the funniest stories, the best things we had to share during the four holiday episodes we did uh, over our four-year run. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy that. Definitely check that out. There's a lot of really funny stuff in there because I have been combing through the episodes for a little while and picking out the best parts uh, with some input as well. It's not just all me, but I think you guys are going to enjoy that. So check that out. A uh, good two weeks before Christmas kicks in. Admittedly, it's biased towards Christmas because all of us who were involved in those shows celebrated Christmas. It would have been fun to do a Hanukkah cast. That had always been a suggestion, but it seemed like we could never quite get it together. Maybe someday. Maybe not. Maybe I can do one on this show, and it would be really cool. Also, two weeks from now, the 21st of December, will be the Cape holiday episode. And just for the sake of keeping with the uh, consistency, and because it's going to be a busy week anyway, the best of 2015 compilation for this show will also go up right behind... The holiday episode. So first is going to be the holiday episode, Cape 81, and then the best of 2015. So if you subscribe to the show through iTunes or you get it through another means, if you're subscribed, it'll pop up right away. And uh, that's been one that I've been asking people who've been on the show, particularly some of the regulars, as well as friends of mine who listen to the show who've been following it very closely. I did ask for suggestions because I'm certainly more harsh when it comes to anything I do. So I wanted the input 
of others, people who just listen to the show purely as fans or people who were there who thought, you know what, I thought this bit was really funny, something I maybe couldn't have been as objective about. So I'm glad that uh, I got so many suggestions from people. So that will be released also on uh, the 21st. And once again, that will just cover the 42 episodes we did at Skid Row Studios for the purposes of consistency with sound. Uh, that and at that point, there will only be, I think, eight episodes we've been doing since Skid Row. So to kind of elbow little bits in might be a little kind of like, eh. but that was the majority of the year. So it, it seems fitting to do it for those particular shows. So this Friday, December 11th, get the Only Podcast That Matters holiday compilation at theonlypodcast.com. And uh, on the 21st, Cape Holiday episode, as well as the best of 2015. Hope you guys enjoy. Please, once again, visit the sponsors, chrisball.com, click on support the show. And if you haven't signed up for Audible, use the link on the homepage. And now, let's get down to part two of my chat with the great Rick Scary. My mother always says in, in regard to you that you have the life because you get to do, you get to work with all these people, you get to <laughs> do all these cool projects, but you don't have the hassle of fame or recognizable, you, you're not, you're not recognized necessarily on the street. Although I'm curious, since you've done so much yeah, and it, since it, you played that guy, do you have anybody come up to you just like, did you used to coach at Pasadena? Yes, that's, and, what, that's what happens. Do you get that uh, from people? That's what happens. Um, they think they went to school with you. <laughs> They think you used to be their neighbor. Mm-hmm. They think you were a teacher they had. They, they, that's what happens. They know you, but they don't know why. Right. Or, Didn't you kill that hooker on Skype? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't well, get that Well, that does happen once in a blue moon, especially if it was on, like, last night. Oh, for sure. And I yeah. walk into Vaughn's supermarket down mm-hmm. here and goes, oh, man, that's the guy that, uh, you know, um, yeah, murdered the three people. And, and, you know, and, and then they're giving you the stink eye because of it. Giving you the stink eye, that's right. <laughs> he must have escaped. You right. Know? Uh, uh, and people do bring too much reality into when you're on TV. Yeah. If you're oh, really, really that way. They think you're living the life. Well, They, <laughs> they don't look they at it as a character. they think you are what you, yeah that's, yeah, that's what you are. If you're an axe murderer... They're scared of you when they see you. Yeah, they're looking just like, he got away with murder. Oh, yeah, yep. exactly. M- Meanwhile, not putting together, like, no, it's fiction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Somebody wrote that. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. And some people who play the meanest, nastiest, vilest people don't have a vile bone in their body. Yeah. You know, and people find that very difficult to understand. They really, you know, uh, they just have an ability to make you think they're evil and vile, you know. Which is great yeah. that, you, that you're able to sell oh, that. absolutely. Especially if it's a 180 from how you are Oh, I know. In and, real life. and for most cases of real evil people famous for being evil characters in movies and TV, they're, they're just the farthest you could possibly be from being sure. that kind of person. And part yeah. of it is part of the tell is that they keep working. That's it. That's <laughs> if, if it. they if they played these bad characters and were actually bad people, they, they would not have a job. They wouldn't get cast. As no. I've said, another thing I've said a thousand times on the show: yeah. if everybody wants to work with people who are cool, yeah. nobody wants to work with prima donnas or divas yep. or people who they can't get along with. That's it's not truth. just in show business. It's in, no, if you sell truth. insurance, you want to work with other people who are cool. Well, it's like on Scandal. You know. I never met any of those people except a director before, mm-hmm. and. It was so much fun. I mean, it's just the nicest bunch of people I've ever been around. And the woman that plays uh, Carrie's mother occasionally, the great Candy Alexander, 
mm-hmm. who I've been in love with for the last 50 years. <laughs> I was all decked out. They were putting me in this Armani suit one day, and they were, mm-hmm. they were prepping me on the set. And she walks by, and she goes, there's a man that knows how to wear a suit. And I went, oh. Oh, you must have gone all tingly. Oh, <laughs> I was, I was all tingly. You know, I'm going, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. You know, right. <laughs> and... Uh, but I mean, I've, I still am like a little do you kid. Still, do you still get butterfly when you around oh, certain people? Oh, certain people like that, yeah. Especially when she's paying compliments. Well, to hell you. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, now it's like it's well. very rare when it happens, but it does actually happens once in a while when somebody actually that you mm-hmm. admire so much will actually take the time to say something nice to you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's tremendous. Especially yeah, when you're is. all decked out and you and get a compliment might, like, ooh. Actually, today at least know who the hell you are. <laughs> <laughs> So where like you um yeah. you mentioned the Coen brothers that you got to that you I got did. to work with them I did um which is which is huge because yeah. that's one of those I, I don't want to say it's like a dynasty but again because they're brothers and they always work together oh, yeah, yeah it's one of those that through the last I'm trying to think geez twenty five years I think raising Arizona is eighty eight yes, so I mean, we're probably uh-huh. knocking on thirty years and um I semi recently watched Space Cowboys oh, which yeah. didn't didn't even register with me that. You know, as you do when you watch a movie, just kind of watching, and all of a sudden there's a scene in. Um, we were at the NASA I what Space office. Center. That's it. In Houston. And you're sitting there. Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, no lines, I, or I assume they were cut well, they, in the they, final they, cut. But actually, I was hired more to have a look. Is that what it is? Because to they, mug it they, up, they cut to me. They did, times. yeah, because I know you're, you're I looking to, ahead. I, yeah. You're looking at the person to your right. They wanted me to have the stink eye more than have much to say. Like okay. I didn't believe a word of what was being said in here. You know, and I'm, <laughs> I'm just looking at, at people, right? Because I was a government official, and you know how they are. But uh, oh yeah. boy, don't we? Uh, I had a couple of minor mumbles that we shot, but they weren't important in mm-hmm. any way to what was going on. Yeah. And that was great fun. Clint is a very interesting man. That's yeah, the only way to that's... put him is a very interesting man. <laughs> and that's another a tremendous experience to be able to, oh, to yeah. work well, on I, something I with him. I got to work with great directors, great Barry Levinson. Right. I, I worked, Wag the I, dog, yeah. I did, uh, and, I, and um, the guy who started out as a great cameraman with the Coen brothers, Barry Sonnenfeld. Right. I did Adam's Family Values with him, and that was great <laughs> fun. And these all still send me checks. I'm very happy. Yeah, very, oh, very yeah. happy. I got to be Joan Cusack's lawyer in Adam's Family Values, yes. and she's a whack job beyond belief, but we had so much fun, <laughs> and I like it when people are crazy, too. It, it works out sometimes. You have you to know. be if you're you, going to do this. Well, when you're with somebody like here, you never know what she's going to say or what oh, she's yeah? going to do. And I, that's that's okay. I, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I can do that. Some people can't. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can do that. If she throws me a left hook, I'll I'll take it. You'll, you'll follow. Run, run with it. Mm. But... Um, yeah, I worked with great directors. Boy, I'm trying to think of. There's got to be more, right? Tom where Shadiak, you got. Oh, uh, Tom Shadiak, liar, 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 which, liar, yeah. And, which uh, was something you not to, not to do a complete rehash of yeah. when we met up the other day, but just yeah. for the sake of the audience who is new oh, to yeah. that. Well, they, I was cut out of that movie. Yes, and uh, because the studio and and Tom himself called to tell me why I was being cut out. Mm. That in those days, I, I don't know. Maybe for comedies, it's still the same. Universal didn't want it to be over 90 minutes. And with the cut, it was 110. Huh. And he said, we had to cut that whole sequence. It wasn't just me that got cut. John Lovitz got cut. Mm. Uh, I mean, there were name actors that got cut right, out of that right. movie. It wasn't just me. And uh, 
but they put one of the key scenes back in in the DVD. I love that. You know, the yeah. deleted, famous deleted scenes. Yes. And uh, that was fun. And so it's still out there and it's still real. It, and, it can be seen. But the amazing thing was, even though it ended up not being in the movie, I was in all the previews. I mm. was in all the commercials. They used those clips. Yeah, those, you're doing a massive eye roll kind be, of thing in the trailer. They, because they were shooting those scenes first, mm. they used those in the coming attractions. Right, right. And, but then as a result, the scenes, if you, I remember I had a casting director say to me once, are you the star of this movie with Jim Carrey? Because it's, <laughs> it seems to be just you and him in the, in the thing. And mm-hmm. I go, uh, no, not exactly, you know. But uh, um, um, so it was, it was great fun. I really enjoyed it. I liked Jim very much. He's another crazy person, but mm-hmm. very enjoyable crazy person. And, uh, yeah, that was great fun. Yeah, great fun. And a way of this, there's something interesting you said to me that where it's the way he he works, where it's he'll deliver the line. Well, the, the words won't change. Right. But he'll amp the it up. The attitude will change. Right. The he'll delivery start a is scene change. doing it very seriously. And then by the end of the 20th take, he's bouncing off the walls doing the <laughs> same words. Like in the one scene... He, in the beginning, he's very serious talking to the jury, and by the twentieth take, he's climbing into the jury box <laughs> <laughs> to look people right in the mm. eye. That crazy, and and as he used to say, somewhere in there is the gold. Right. So the editor has to go back and find the, the gold. Right. But that's their job. And, D- totally. And when you got as much fun as we had doing that, you don't mind doing it twenty times. Mm-hmm. Some movies you would just go, oh. Please, if you it's, know. Yeah, if you're going to do the 138 Stanley Kubrick thing, yeah, exactly. you're going over the same exactly. thing, like, mm, it's not there no, yet. I don't think so. Yeah. But uh, no, uh, in fact, Clint Eastwood is the opposite. You do more than two takes, you're looking for a new job. You know, I mean, that's, <laughs> he figures he hired you to be an actor. You come prepared. He doesn't like to tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. That's the last thing he wants to do is tell you what to do. Right. You know, Which that's you would a, think is that's exactly a, That's a that good director. Be. Yeah. He'll tell you what to do. You're an actor. Act. Do, yeah, act. Do this. <laughs> do what you were hired to do. Mm-hmm. Do what you did in the audition. Do it. That's what I want you to do. <laughs> yeah, which is, yeah, which is great because it if is. everybody was that efficient, oh, yeah. a lot more would get done. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why they let him make movies. He's never over budget, never over time. Mm. Never. Not once has right. he ever gone over budget or over time. Yeah. You know, and... He, he, he delivers the goods. And every 10th or 11th movie is a blockbuster, so they're very happy with but that. Sure, yeah. He's able to get the... I think he's been doing like a movie a year. Oh, he's he in his and, 80s, and, you know? Yeah, you figure, well, he's he's going to go to Lee Drops, you know? And yeah. That's, that's what you do. Yeah. That's which is exactly which is great. what you do. I think that's why it, there are... Not all, but yeah. there are certainly a bunch of actors who can who eventually evolve. I mean, the most notable current example is Ben Affleck. Oh, yeah. Where yeah. after you do so well, actually, much... I think he's a far better director That's what a lot. Actor. Yeah, that's I really what a lot do. of people regards, like He's three a good f- actor, but he's a far better director. He, yeah, three for three for his movies. He uh, understands the, the nuance and stuff that from the backside that a lot of people don't get, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't get. Is there and, a- and actors who direct have a tendency to be much nicer to actors. <laughs> yeah. There was a great in... Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it was one of the the supplements they made for the for the uh, newest Lethal Weapon uh, Blu-ray box set. It mm-hmm. was um, Shane Black who wrote that. Yeah, and yes, it was, yes. It was direct. I saw this movie coming out in a yeah. spring, a noir kind of a movie. Yeah. Ryan Gosling um, and Russell Crowe, which what a what a oh, pair! That that, a good what pair. a pair yeah. that's going to be it directed and directed Iron Man three and wrote mm-hmm. the first two Lethal Weapons, etc. Yeah. Bunch of stuff um, because he wanted to be just more well rounded. 
took acting classes and started acting in things because he wanted to be able to communicate yes. with actors. So he thought, well, I should be, I should understand. That's a very good how thing. it should go. And it, obviously, it served him well. It you know, you don't get hired well. on a Marvel movie. Well, for a lot of people take no good. acting lessons in various parts of the business just to, for that purpose. Understand what's going on. Yeah. Sure. You know, because it doesn't make any sense on the surface. And if you understand, it's, and lawyers take acting lessons. Ah, see, that makes sense. A lot sense. of people do. Salesmen well, take acting lessons. I, I've had, I know a few, yeah. gone, um, well, I, I, a few yeah. friends who've done um, yeah. improv, done growlings at oh, UCB, yeah. who have people come in who, yeah, work work in business they wanna, or work in they, sales. They need to know how to relate to people. That's yes. what they have to learn how to do. And how to navigate conversation right. without... Getting hitting any verbal speed bumps. That's it. Yeah, not which, getting in the way. Yeah, and, yeah. and that makes perfect sense. It makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. That's why those classes are always sold out that's around right. here. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's why they're exactly always booked right. up. Not always actors. I've been yeah. in classes where not one person, other than me, went on to actually become an actor. Really? A lot of people do it for social. Oh, sure. Very social. Sure. Uh, great fun. A lot of people, it's an educational process where one day you realize, well, man, I really suck at this. I better not, <laughs> better stop. Yeah. Let uh, <laughs> <laughs> I me think about this again. Yeah. This isn't it's working. Not a good thing for here, you know, because everybody in the world looking at moving, go, I could do that. Mm -hmm. And many people can. Yeah. Many people can do that. And many people can't. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's easy to look, it's, it's easy to be, um, a pundit or to sit back oh, and just yeah. be like, well that sucked but the entire um like i was talking um two weeks ago there's a documentary made about uh the death of superman lives what happened oh, the yeah, tim burton yeah. superman movie that never came to be right right and everything that went into it leading uh, all the pre-production work leading up to you know a few weeks out from when they were going to roll cameras yeah. plug was pulled and it's really like uh, all the things that kind of go into it it's easy for someone to dismiss just be like oh that sucked or that movie yeah, you yeah. know whatever but everything that kind of goes into it, everybody goes into it with the best intentions. Like well, I said, everybody course. sets out to make the best thing they can. They have to. You have to do And that. it's easy to be dismissive about like, yeah. ah, or like, oh, I can do that. Well, yeah. mm, there are plenty then of people. It. Then do it. D totally. That's, 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 <laughs> acting teachers used to do that. Can you do that? Yeah. What, do it. Mm -hmm. Do that. Uh, well, oh, you mean right now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do it. <laughs> yeah. And, and there are people who, like, there's some actors very methodical who just want to do what's on the page and that's it and don't want to play with it right and rely on other people to stay on to stay on, on book it. yeah because if you go off book and then, then they're missing the where they come in yeah well i've been is... on shows where you were ordered to stay on book oh for sure not change one word because the, the writing was so critical that you could change the plot point if you didn't mm. say it exactly the right way. Right. It's legal and medical, things like that. you got to stay, word, mm. what they call word-for-word word show. Right. Even Cold Case was a word-for-word word show. Oh, procedural, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. word-for-word. Word. Because everything's going yeah, somewhere. you can't screw it up. Within the episode. It doesn't work, yeah. Everything mm. ties together, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. In cases where you haven't had to be on screen, um, there have been some events you've been lucky enough to work. And I say lucky obviously comes with a good amount of credentials. But. Well, yeah, yeah. actually, luck had a lot to do with it. It's true. I, I've, uh, you know, a lot. I do, I do voiceover work and promos and commercials and that kind of stuff. And there are two or three people who are the, the, the best of the best at hosting big things, like my friend Randy Thomas, who's done the Oscars and the Tonys, and Randy, female Randy, by the way, mm -hmm. uh, and, and still does all that stuff. And uh, I, I'm very fortunate to know a lot of these people. 
And a lot of them do the big uh, fundraisers for the show business community. And the, one of the biggest ones is Motion Picture and Television Fund. It's a great charity that, that that's everybody in the business has a good reason to rely on it, usually some point in their life. And <laughs> um, the announcer who was originally hired, I can't remember who it was, to be the announcer of of a thing, Catherine Zeta-Jones put together this incredible concept um, where they would, where music, where you could, actors could show their musical singing, dancing ability from the great old musicals of the past. Mm -hmm. So the concept during the show is up on the screen above, you see this, this Judy Garland singing somewhere over the rainbow. And then after a minute or two, it kind of dissolves out and comes down to the stage and an actor or actress from today will pick up exactly where uh-huh. that was and continue on. And sometimes just blow your mind how good they are. I mean, how good they are. And I was fortunate enough to do it for several years, and it, they were always called a uh, fine romance <laughs> based on an old musical. That's how it got started, a fine romance from right. years and years ago. And, uh, and Catherine and a few people who had been in some great musicals like Chicago, they were able to actually recreate their own songs mm-hmm. from the you'd, you'd see her and it would come down and there she would be. Right. And the, the greatest one we ever had was Joel Gray from Cabaret. Right. And you see him in the beginning up there with his makeup and, and then it comes down and there's Joel who's now like 80 something and still could sing it and do it is just incredible, you know. Mm-hmm. And I had a chance to to work on these shows over several days of rehearsals and then this show with with people you just can't imagine you're rubbing elbows and 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 they were all such wonderful people Hugh Jackman the most probably the most multi-talented individual oh, in the world he, he, can he can do anything sing, he can dance he can be a bad guy he can be a good guy i mm-hmm. mean i mean it's almost you want to slap him and say yeah. stop that you know stop <laughs> you want it. to slap the handsome off stop him it's it. like yeah you, you do you can't have it all this is unfair and he was so hands-on and he was even sick one night and he of course you couldn't stop him you know the show mm-hmm. must go on and uh and and Catherine herself she's a, a force of nature Catherine Zeta Jones right. and and then we we have to work with so many fabulous actors Shirley MacLaine and and people wow. you you grew up watching in movies and yeah. there you are yeah. and you're working with them on these these shows and uh and it was so great and people you didn't know could sing and dance I had no idea uh, you know well well everybody knows now Neil Patrick Harris is a terrific oh, yeah. singer dancer and he and uh, the great Alan Cumming, most people know him from The Good Wife these days. But, yes. But and also Mystery on PBS. He's the host. <laughs> um, they did. Both of the, these, these young men who are gay took an old song and, uh, and turned it into rather a, a man and woman love song. Mm-hmm. It was an old-fashioned wedding was the song. And it was <laughs> two of them marching down the aisle rather than, you know, the bride That's and groom. That's great. It was the groom and groom. Mm. And... Uh, but the biggest surprise was probably um, Katie Holmes. Um, I had no idea she could sing and dance. Yeah, and well, they, I... and they, the movie she chose was Damn Yankees with the great great uh, Gwen Verdon. And you see her doing whatever Lola wants up on the stage. And it comes down and it's Katie Holmes. And she just blew the audience away with her ability to sing and dance that number. Yeah, never, and, never uh, seen her do oh, anything like never, that. So never that's had a, any idea. Yes, so that's so a people curveball. have talents you just cannot believe, you know. And people like one of the nurses on uh, Grey's Anatomy, 
wow, I can't remember her name now, but she came out and just took over from the great movie song and just took it to new heights. I mean, um, it was amazing, absolutely amazing. We had the Hollywood Bowl Orchestra with John Malchieri, who was used to they had a full orchestra down right. below. Then we had some we had some cool hip hop stuff too. We had uh, people who who took stuff from. Um, um, I'm trying to think of them. There's a movie, uh, uh, Rent, Rent. Yes, and, yeah. and and they would bring those things and and uh, even modern old movies. I want to think of like Hairspray, right? They would and and. and uh, and stuff like that. Besides just the old MGM musicals, they they brought them up to date too, mm-hmm. and they were great fun. I don't do them anymore. It's too bad. It was yeah, really, I always felt so honored every year to that asked me back to do it again. You know, mm-hmm. and it's kind of nerve wracking. You're standing there and you go, and now, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome to the stage the star <laughs> of you know. Blah, 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 <laughs> And uh, you and know, you have to make sure you're pronouncing Catherine Zeta Jones' oh, name you correctly. Do that right, or you're going to have Catherine herself coming <laughs> to smack you over the head. <laughs> I, got, I got the Jones part down. Yeah, the Jones. I got the Catherine. Is it Zeta What's... Beta? We used to call her Zeta Alpha Beta. We all do. <laughs> it was just it was not just, to her face. No, I assume. Oh. Well, actually, you could if you got to know her well. Oh enough, yeah. But then she would just give you the look, you like... know, and the look, and then you'd you'd stop when you got the look. There's a lot of actors who give you the look where you mm-hmm. get, it's time to stop now. You gotta Yeah, it's like all right, that's you, enough. You give you the look. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Stewart can do the look. He can, yeah. He can do the look, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you and everyone would be intimidated. Everybody every single person would Patrick Stewart. If you're Stewart's... twice as tall or big, you'd be intimidated. Because mm-hmm. there are people who have those faces. Oh yeah. <laughs> and who just who by their nature command oh, some command authority, big, even though it's like you're yeah. another higher yes. person like the rest I of us. I still love I can't remember what director it was now when actors were bad, he would go, Stop acting. <laughs> and that was great acting teachers would teach you that. Right. Just do it. Stop acting. Yeah. Stop not, it. it. It's yeah. supposed to feel and it's, look it's natural. It's got to come out of you. you. Stop acting. Stop it. Mm-hmm. And I do that sometimes when I'm talking to young kids, watching them act in acting classes. Stop acting. What? You know, just do it. Yeah. Do what is you. You are the person saying these words. Just do that. Right. Well, well, well. I said, that's how it actually is, you know. Now, ultimately, when you're getting cast, sure. You're, it's, it's like you it's saying not, these words. I mean, to use a... A current example, yeah. and this, if if anybody listening thinks I'm, I'm, this is a jab. It's not. Yeah. But like, if somebody's hiring Chris Pratt, yes, it's because they want him to deliver it like he would that actually way. say it. That's it's not, right. not to say he can't act and yes, he can't yes. he can't come at it from another direction. Yes. But they want him to do it the way yes. he would do it. Yes. And that's why it's. I mean, I get breakdowns all the time. Oh yeah. When it comes to doing voiceover, it's like we're looking for it to, you know. Uh, John Hamm, like the Mercedes ads, yeah, or John yeah, yeah. Krasinski yes. for, um, I forget what insurance company he does, Allstate yes. or, or one of them. And, uh, you know, like that's that's kind of what we're looking for. It's because they want a, well, frankly, cheaper version of that well, delivery. That's right. I was... But they want somebody who, like, that, that's what they're looking for. Yep. If you can get that person, that person's going to get the job. That's right. Because they're looking for. Excuse me. They're looking for it the way they would deliver it. That's what, which that's is natural. It. It's that's not it. putting on a. I remember being in a in an audition one day, voiceover audition, and the director says, "I'd like you to become a combination of Tom Selleck and Dick Cavett." <laughs> so this is obviously a recent one. <laughs> and I went, "Uh, what? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, 
I can't even imagine what that means. Do you have a prosthetic mustache? To yeah, get, I, I mean, need uh, something to at least rehearse I mean, with in front of a mirror. Two completely different deliveries. I mean, mm-hmm. well, take the warmth of Tom Selleck and the wit of Dick Cavett, and and I'm going. Uh, don't think I can do that. <laughs> I mean, and I've gotten to the point now, and a lot of voice people do, where you just say, "This is what I do." Mm-hmm. If this is what you want, then I'm your guy. Right. This is what I do. <laughs> I can occasionally stretch it out maybe some other way, but this is what I do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I can be a happy me or a sad me or a, you know, a mean me, but I, this is it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> this is the tone of it. This is I'm the delivery. I'm not an impersonator. I can't become mm-hmm. somebody else. No, I doubt there are many breakdowns that say, we're looking for a Daniel Day-Lewis type because no one knows what Daniel no, Day-Lewis no, is really because like. Because <laughs> they, they have no idea what he sounds like or anything else. Right. Yeah. There's, and, and that's the point. It's like you yeah. need somebody who's going to neutral, neutral. be that person. Yeah. Then you hire him, but yes. otherwise they're looking for somebody who can deliver it like exactly. themselves. So exactly. the acting part is kind of, I mean, it almost sounds unfair because it's like you get hired to be yourself to a degree. Well, and, well, that's it. You got, but you, what you're selling is yourself, right? As an actor, you got nothing else to sell. Yeah, you got nothing. That's it. And that's it. This and is like, me. And the, <laughs> the people who do the casting, it's like ultimately they they know what they're looking for that's when they right. see it or hear it. Yep. And the only time you get to get deviate it. and become something. Other than you is when they really, really know you well. Right. When the casting people, the directors, the producers, the other actors, if they know you can do something, then you get to do it. But Mm. you're rarely hired to be anything other than a a version of yourself. Sure. A version. That's all. Just a version of yourself. Right. That's it. That's the way it works. Which is... (laughs) Well, it's it's funny too because people say you know when I talk about the the, the things I'm writing and doing yeah. movies and there's and there's still sort of even though everything you know you can shoot them on your phone now oh yeah and the quality is still pretty tremendous people say, have this thing about like movies as if it's um as if it's something untouchable like something in, or I should say maybe um intangible like you you can't do that and it's like no really anybody can do it you yeah. know that's that's not a knock to anybody who do, you know it's like. Yeah. There are plenty of people making a living doing it who it doesn't mean they need to have tremendous range. They just need to be able to deliver whatever that what, is. Exactly. Whatever that is that they got. That they yeah, that's that they what, can do it. That's it. So it's not as it's not as crazy a notion and like we said before, it's not as if like you, you need to have the matinee idol kind of look. That's right. Or you need to be a uh a, you know, look like Jane Mansfield, which is I realize is a modern reference too. But it's still. Oh, I remember Jane. It's still, <laughs> I do too because I watched stuff before my time. Yeah, but you but um, watch your daughter on uh, Jane Mansfield's daughter, Mariska Hargitay. I had no idea. That's who that wow. is. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's a wise idea of doing the of not having the same name. <laughs> it is. It, <laughs> it like, is. Yes. Uh-huh. That Nicholas Coppola kid. I guess we have to cast him. Yeah. No, yeah. Nicholas Cage. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. 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 It, it helps because yeah. otherwise, there's that. That's funnily enough. Just um, talking about that, that was one of the points in uh, for uh, where George Carlin was um, in the book. His daughter said that he wanted to. He didn't discourage her from performing. Yeah. But when it came to comedy, he was a little reticent to to encourage her because oh, yeah. he didn't he didn't want her to come in with the name and have this and, and take expectation. It. That's it. And yeah. it's. It's tough. Yeah, she she would have had to call herself Joy Potuki or something. Uh, right. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. you couldn't be, you know, yeah. Jerry Seinfeld's nah. brother yeah. Bobby yeah, yeah. and well, there, there <laughs> go is, in with no there expectation. There are a couple like that. There are a couple where there are brothers. Chris Rock's brother. Mm-hmm. Can't remember his name. He's actually 
halfway successful. Yeah, uh, Eddie Murphy's brother Charlie. Yeah, same yeah. thing. I mean, you know, people know he has his mares, but, yeah. but they're never going to be their brother. Right. But they they can make a living doing what they're doing. Yes, yeah. they could still yeah. do their. Yes. Their shtick. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and be okay at it. But yeah, there's there's definitely something. Oh, that's, I didn't know Mariskin Hardy was Jane Mansfield's daughter. Yeah, that's well, fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Her father was, he was a strong man, muscle man named Mickey Haggerty. Oh, okay. And he was married to Jane Mansfield back in back in the day. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I don't wow. think it ever comes up. Most no, people I, don't know that. I, don't I had no idea. Yeah. This is, yeah. This is doesn't look any Doesn't look anything like her. No, I'm not like a bad dad. thing. She's she got, looks like her dad. Yeah, I mean, she's yeah. easy on the eyes anyway. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah, you know, yeah. Just, she looks just like the her same. Dad. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, there's not a straight line where you'd just be like, you know who she looks like? Jane yeah. Mansfield. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I suppose if you put her in the blonde wig and stuff, <laughs> I don't know, maybe so. <laughs> is there, a, aside from the villain, and aside from something as is, is a, a box office heavy as a, as a comic book movie, is there anything you haven't done that you like to venture into? Or any, any, any show... Any wow. film series, anything that you're like, <clears throat> excuse me, if they called, it's just like, boy, I would love, or, or someone to work opposite a director, any, uh, just, just for, well, just I for don't know. play. I, I've kind of, I guess maybe the older you get, the, the less you stop wishing and wanting. I don't mm. know. I'm not quite sure. But like, you know, I know we were talking about Blacklist. I love that yes. show. Um, there are certain shows where I would be so thrilled to be able to do them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'll do anything as long as they pay me. Sure. Pretty much anything. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, I rarely turn anything down. I have a couple mm-hmm. of things where I thought, I don't think I don't think they like that. You right. Know? But I get to audition for some really great things. Um, they even, I mean, just for Sometimes fun. that alone is a pretty honor. Yeah. You know, to go up, wow, you know, I mean, it's pretty big. You mentioned me off the air and not giving anything away, yeah. but um, that... Uh, the Coen Brothers called yeah. you in for a meeting yeah. on their movie Hail Caesar that's yes, coming yes. out. I, I had two meetings on on uh, that movie with them. I didn't end up getting the part, but I, I love what they called it. They uh, after I left the meeting, they called you're still in the mix. <laughs> is that, that means what it they, is? Had, they hadn't stirred it yet? You when, know, right but, when you're uh, in the running. I mean, I'm that's in the running. I'm in the mix. Uh, and uh, what's the other term they use for acting? Oh, they put a pin in you. Really. And that means so that's mean you're not getting it. No, that means that you, you you're very close to getting it. Oh, they have, have you pinned? Uh, but I gotcha. They can't go any further without actually hiring you. So by pinning you, they don't have to pay you. Hmm. Gotcha. It's the closest thing to being hired. Put a <laughs> pin in you. I was thinking stick a fork in you. That's well, in, in my head. That's so why I was like, oh, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. No, they. they that's I remember, a, but they just some show recently pinned me, and I can't remember what it was. I remember my agent was so thrilled. They got a pin in you. I, I, I said, I've got pins coming out of my butt, so don't, <laughs> don't be getting Boy, excited about it. Am I glad we've established this before I've heard it? Yeah, oh, they got a pin in Well, you know what yeah. they can do with their lousy... Yeah. yeah. No, no. A pin in you is... Uh, That's good. Okay. They, like, like, they put a thing on the wall with... They stuck you on the wall. Mm. Okay. As a maybe. Like in one of these crime procedurals, they have the That's Polaroid. Right. <laughs> yeah, the Polaroid. They stick They're it sticking on the it on the, the That's board. exactly what it is. Going up the chain of characters. Yeah, that's exactly um, what it is. But but that's great that even after, I mean, at this 13, 14 years, yeah. that they still would have would have brought you in. Is, oh, absolutely. It's tremendous. Absolutely. And, and, and they, well, they have great casting woman. She's just uh, um, Ellen Chenoweth. And, mm-hmm. uh, well, she, because of her, I was in Wag the Dog. I was mm-hmm. in a lot of movies because of Ellen. And the great old pros like her, and she's an old pro, 
Uh, she also does all the Clint Eastwood movies. So she's, ah. See, she's you got to know people like her and have mm-hmm. them like you and know that you're okay. Right. I mean, I've auditioned for a lot of movies that I didn't get, but they were good parts. Uh, one I really would have loved was the Clint Eastwood movie with Angelina Jolie. The Changeling. Yeah. I <laughs> it was a very cool part, and they had me in twice to read for that thing of a dentist, and it was a very cool part. Um, and I, I couldn't even bring myself to watch the movie to see who got my job. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, I, but the fact that you get to do that, you, you're playing in the, I say, playing in the big leagues. Oh, now. yeah. This is yeah. not, uh, you know, this is the big, and I get to play in the big leagues. I lose the game a lot, but mm-hmm. I get to play in the big leagues a yeah. lot. You know, um, where you, you can't believe you're actually being considered for yeah. things. I remember I was so close to a major CIA part in the very first Bourne movie. Really? Yeah, they were oh. looking at because I look like one of those guys. You know, <laughs> you put a suit yeah. on them and, you know, it's mm-hmm. okay. And, uh, but it, you know, doesn't come to pass. But, but but then again, like we how we started this whole thing had nothing to do with you. No. You know, nothing to do with you. I may have said the first time I was on, I'll give you the best example, the great Ridley Scott. I was auditioning for a movie with him. God, I wish I could remember the movie, and I can't. But we were, they get it down to five or six guys, and then you go in, they're going to make their choice. We're all going to go see Ridley. And you're all sitting out in the room, you know, you're all sitting there, all the guys. (laughs) And he came out, and he said, uh, I just want to say something to you guys before we begin. The fact that you're sitting in this room means your talent is not in question. Anybody, wow. any one of you can do this job. Now, and, he, and it's, it's a great explanation. Now elements come into play over which you have no control, that you can do <laughs> nothing about. <laughs> All you can do here today is go in there and do the best you can possibly do. And he says, you may look like the producer's brother that he hates <laughs> or that slept with his wife. <laughs> I mean, he says, those things come into who gets parts. Sure. And uh, the fact that any of you can play this is just know that. We're not looking for the best actor here. We're looking for the best person for this role. And that's all it is. And, you know, in the beginning stages, they are looking for who can act better. But mm. at that point, that's not in question anymore. And that was right. a very valuable lesson. That's yeah. huge. Very, very valuable. And for him to even do that, though, oh, yeah. is, is incredibly respectful. Yeah, where absolutely. it's like, it's, yeah. it's not you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. And, it, and it's yeah, not. Yeah. Because there are, there's all these different variables mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. that come into play. Or in the, in the example of Green Hornet, availability. Availability. You had it, but something else That's it. took you out of the, I out was of the actually, country. What I was doing in London was far more important than being in, in the Green Hornet. Mm. It was just that simple. Yeah. It was families, family stuff. Oh, yeah. My so daughter, my go. two sisters, we were all going to Ireland to look at our for our family roots and all that stuff. Oh, wow. Far more important than being in a silly movie. Sure. If I was 20, I might not have looked at it that oh, way. Well, but yeah. Now, and that's, I, now I would. That's one of those things, yeah, perspective would. with the experience. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, well, what is the bigger deal Yeah, like being in this movie? And now I... Yep. And 
hardly a black mark on your record that you missed that one. Oh, no, not a black mark at all. <laughs> From what I understand, it's it not like, Rick, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. They got Jeff Bridges to replace yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, like, damn it. Yeah. I could have been an Iron Man. That's uh, exactly uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Where you might say, yeah. You know, five-figure residuals every year would be nice, well, just my, for one project. My, <laughs> my favorite agent, Dolores, is long gone. She said, you shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah. You know, she said, don't, when you get back from the audition, don't should all over yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Shoulda, Which coulda, is, woulda. It's, and that's, that's been the good thing for me. I mean, it's been a little, it, it may have been a better way to temper myself, at least in my experience. I'm doing yeah. voiceover auditions yeah. and doing them at home. Yes. Where while I'm... I'm not doing it with any direction. I'm interpreting it based on and that's you know all, you most hear auditions that you are just sure. interpreting it yourself. Right? They're not saying give. Me, they're not saying give me Tom, Tom Selleck, Selleck Dick Cap. Yeah. <laughs> but to be able to kind of self direct, which is also a matter of like if I'm reading this, if I were you know also as a, as an aspiring director yeah. looking at it like, okay, how would I communicate this or what what does this mean? Taking it from the sides, sure. the, the description of of what they're looking for, and uh, delivering it. For the first month, maybe two. I mean, I was frequently all day. I mean, ten to twelve a week. I mean, mm-hmm, it was very frequent mm-hmm. at the time of year when I yeah. was when I signed with an agency. It was spring, so everything was very much still happening. It yeah. was in April of last year, and to be able to go through and be tense for a little while for mm-hmm, those first mm-hmm. couple of weeks, just thinking like, "Oh, it's great," and at the same time seeing the amounts attached, it's just like, "Oh, that'd be tremendous," you know, if yeah. I if I've got X amount oh, for yeah. this. Oh yeah. But to be able to also let that go and to not, and that's part of the reason I say don't live and die by your auditions. Be happy just in life if you're going to do anything out here. That's or, true. or wherever the hell you are. I mean, oh, whatever yeah, line oh, of yeah. work you wherever do. Wherever you are. Make, makes no difference. You have to, makes yeah. No and it's like, I'm glad I got that out of my system on a low level. Where granted, I wasn't in front of casting directors, where I wasn't reading for a director. But just that kind of, the... Um, I'd hesitate to use the word anxiety because I think that's heavier than what I was feeling. But just the questioning of just like, is that good? Am I am I doing it right? Am oh, I yeah, doing yeah, what yeah, I should yeah, do? Because yeah, when yeah, you're yeah. not, you know, when when it goes out and it's out into the ether, there's nothing you do. But if there's you hear from it, you, you got do. it. If you don't hear, you, you didn't. didn't get it. That's a, but that's you can't. Simple. But yeah, yeah, you you can't live and die by it because it's no. too like no. like he like Ridley Scott like the great Ridley Scott said. That's exactly right. Too many variables. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, elements are coming into play over which you have no control. Mm. Yeah, and that's the truth. That is, uh, that's the truth. Yeah. That's that's. The, I think that I think that's the biggest takeaway yeah. <laughs> from yeah. this is that yeah, if you're going to do it yeah. Yeah. in any area of performance, no, you got to decide what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. <laughs> What's my next occupation going to be? <laughs> you still got time to figure out your capability. I know my mother lived to be 93, and her entire life would always say to me, "When are you going to get a real job?" Because <laughs> I never had what real, I mean, a mm-hmm. real job. Right. Well, I did as a teenager and stuff. But, yeah. And uh, I said, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Yeah. She says, I don't understand how you make money. I said, I, <laughs> I, I don't either, but every now and then they send it to me. So one of my, you know. Uh, yeah, gonna I'm not going to look, I'm not going to stop anybody. Yeah. And it's, I'm, you know, I'm depositing these checks. That's you know. exactly right. But. Uh-huh. That's uh, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. That's always. I, I think that that's every parent. Yeah. I think who's like, how do you do? Even when it comes to this, my parents, how yeah. do you make money doing that? Well, chances are you won't. But yeah, it's yeah. it's it's to facilitate other things. That's it's not it. the. That's it. You know, it it doesn't need to be the bread and butter. If I can sit yeah. here for an hour or two a week and do this, and enjoy it and put it out there, it's still. It still feeds other stuff, yeah. whether it's on yeah. the end of of the the audience or for me. 
it, st- it still puts other wheels in motion. So this doesn't need to be just the only yeah. the only thing, but it's within reach. Yeah, and I'm, able to sit down and get. I'm, I've actually, you know, by being an older person, I've gotten to the point where I, I really just don't much care anymore about whether I get a job or not. Mm-hmm. Which is, re- I mean, really, not that I used to fret over it a lot, but mm-hmm. I just don't care. But how liberating to yeah, not have to care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. You want me good? Okay, mm-hmm. let's do it. You know? And having done it so many times, yeah, that's the other yeah, thing where yeah, it's like, yeah. well, I know it's not to do with me. I mean, obviously you're yeah. long over that, yeah. but oh, just, yeah. you're aware of the elements and you're aware of what goes into. And when you're sitting in a room with three other guys who look remotely like you, oh, well, they sure <laughs> do. They sh- well, we usually call them all the usual suspects are here. Sure. I mean, you get so you know each other so very well. Mm-hmm. I just saw a friend of mine the other day got a part that we were in the same room before. So I always cuss him, you know, to his name, you know, you. Sure. Son, you know. But, <laughs> and, uh, but, but, but he does the same to me when I, mm-hmm. when it, I get the job, you know. Right. But, when uh, he ends up in the changeling playing the a, dentist. Exactly. Then. Yes, I said, <laughs> How did you do that? Where, man? Yeah. You paid off some. I don't know. You know. Yeah. 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 But that's um, eh, a tough business. It is. You have to be slightly. Well, I'm going to just slightly crazy. There's just no other reason why anybody would ever be in any phase of show business mm-hmm. without being crazy. Yeah. It's the way it works. That's true. I have a sign I got, I saw that years ago, and I have it in my bathroom at home. Uh, used to hang in hotels all over America in the 1800s and early 1900s, and that is, no dogs or actors allowed. <laughs> Because we were, oh, wait, they're coming to get me. That's, yeah. That's oh, right. man. <laughs> the, sirens. The, the joke police. They're on They you. heard that one. But, <laughs> no, it's true. Actors and dogs were considered pretty much the same thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Low-life uh, scumbagos, you know. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it was like joining the circus. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, there's a, a, a great, um, at the, I know I keep pulling from other things, but I just love, I, I like giving examples for people to look at too. In uh, 2012, Bruce Springsteen gave the keynote speech at South by Southwest. Yeah. And he mentioned, you know, if it, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing at the same time, probably butchering it, but he was saying to uh, his kids, you know, if this was, if, if things weren't where they are now, he's like, you know, I'd be wearing a jester's cap and you'd be riding in the back of a wagon. Yeah, where it's yes, like when it comes yes. to performers, that's, yeah, once that, upon a time. You can join in the circus. Uh, Even if yeah. you clean up behind the elephants at first, that's what you do, you know. Uh, right. And, and even and, then, you might have been regard, regarded as more legitimate. Well, he's in the manure business, yeah, but yeah, those exactly. actors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which, aren't they one in the same? Well, actually, actors <laughs> in some places in life are still pretty much looked down on like, well, one of the greatest lines from the one of the great movies, my favorite year. Mm-hmm. Highfalutin people are all out on the balcony at a lovely cocktail party with their glasses, and Peter O'Toole has fallen off. He's played, he was the lead in the movie, mm-hmm. and he somehow he was hanging on the other side of the balcony. He wasn't at the party, but some I can't remember the plot. They got him to hanging on the side mm-hmm. of the balcony, and this guy looks over and he goes, "Alan, Alan was his name. Alan, was, I can't remember." His, Something, Alan Schwabing. Alan Schwabing is beneath us. And the woman goes, Of course he is. He's an actor. (laughs) (laughs) That was a classic movie for for a joke movie. There's no better joke movie ever made than my favorite. My favorite year. year. It's about a guy, a young kid hired to look after a movie star who was having issues in his life. He drinks too much. And, Mm -hmm. And. and, it what? Was, and one of the great lines well, is Peter then. O'Toole, and he goes, 
Somebody says something about being an actor. He goes, I'm not an actor. I'm a movie star. <laughs> <laughs> and Peter O'Toole was both of those things. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Both I'm not an actor. I'm a movie star. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that he's beneath us. Of course he is. Of course he's an actor. <laughs> <laughs> and there's plenty of other states in the union that feel that way. <laughs> you betcha. You betcha. Yeah. There's a lot of them between here and New York. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for coming back on. Oh, I do appreciate done? this. Okay. This is long. What I mean, I could keep well, I, going. No, we could no, do another I'm hour. Actually, I'm, I, I'm, I need a nap. So oh, okay. All <laughs> so that's okay. Well, but always the, fun. We'll do it again. Yeah, the pearls of yeah, wisdom we've the, given. If the pilot sells, then we can come on and talk all about it. Then, yeah, exactly. Then there's going to be plenty to talk about. Yeah, bring plenty of plugging. We'll have some fun. You'll be oh. Yep. I'm in. Yep. I am all in. Good, 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 good. And everybody, please remember to follow the show for every single update. Kate Pod on Twitter and Instagram and Tumblr because all those things count, as I mentioned earlier. See Shamar more. And uh, once again, thank you for visiting the sponsors. If you go to chrisabalo.com, hit support the show. There's Amazon, there's Audible, Dollar Shave Club as well. You can check out all of them. It all goes to support the show so we can bring you incredible guests such as Rick, on a weekly basis. Well, plug, and to continue I'll, I'll to. plug my website. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not selling anything, but rickscary.com. You can see goofy pictures of me. In fact, there's for Scandal fans, there's a picture of me and Kerry Washington uh, right dead top. One Perfect. picture is added to that. And, but, yeah, and why wouldn't you put that there? And why would you not? <laughs> exactly, exactly right. Yeah. Good. rickscary.com is where you go. Um, once again, I'll put the links... In uh, the Cape 78 post. You know what? I'm going to put um, a video as well. There's a, a great scene uh, that Rick and I were talking about off air as well from um, The Office. Just you and oh, Steve yeah, Carell. Steve Carell, it's, yes. Yeah, you can, it, it's, on, um, it's on YouTube. I'll put that there as well. Okay. Something you can see, which, once again, one of those chemistry things where if you're just yes, bouncing yes, off each yes, other. Yes. Um, it was deleted, but Rick's in the episode of, of The Office with um, the wedding of um, Phyllis. John That's it, Phyllis. Phyllis. And uh, yeah, you, you could check that out as well. And of course, a, a link to Rick's semi complete imdb and uh, the show will be back of course next week please subscribe please share we do appreciate you spreading the word so until next time for rick scary this is chris abalo and this was yet another experiment that's a wrap <laughs>